Howdy, welcome to another week of Canon Calls. This week, I had the pleasure to invite reoccurring guest Forrest Dickinson on. We talked about the brand new Hello Ninja, Hello Georgie book that you can now get at canonpress.com. And remember, when you do order it from us, that comes signed from Nate and from Forrest. So it's essentially your one-stop shop for Christmas. You don't want to miss it. Last announcement is one thing we talked about on the show is that Forrest has been doing the illustrations for the Christian Heritage series, which you've probably heard us talk about on the show. I know we mentioned it last week with Glenn Sunshine's Vindicii. Well, this week we are publishing John Calvin's Institutes of the Christian Religion. It's got four introductions from four fantastic people who really appreciate Calvin. Four different covers, four books, all four books of the Institutes of Christian Religion. We will be doing a giveaway, so stay tuned to any and all Canon social media where you can find out how to win those as a giveaway. So without further ado, meet Forrest Dickinson. All right, now welcoming on a recurring guest, one of our favorites, <laughs> Hello Ninja illustrator, Christian Heritage Series cover illustrator, Forrest Dickinson. Welcome to the program again. Thank you for your time. <laughs> hey, Jake. So good to be here. <laughs> so one, you've got 30 minutes. We've got a half hour. And one of the, I, I thought we would bypass the easy topics for us, such as elections election possible fraudulence sure. possible i mean i know everybody's itching to hear what i have those to say, itching but... ears but i want to give everybody just a brief sense of joy that the world isn't like this you know the world doesn't have to there's still hello ninja in the world that's right right so <laughs> uh the latest book hello ninja hello georgie has been yeah. released it's out you're on the third season oh. of hello ninja on netflix yep so congratulations on all that. Can you tell us about the new book? I sure hello, can, Jake. Hello, Georgie. Well, Georgie is the neighbor girl. This is kind of a origin story. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's an origin story for Georgie. Yeah, Georgie who was a character. We met on the show. She we met on the show. She's, she's in episode one in the show because she yeah. was a character created for the show. Got it. So we decided book two, uh, Hello Ninja, Hello Georgie, it'd be a good idea to introduce her. How yeah. did these two friends meet? And uh, there you go. It is a 32 page. 32 pages. And it's, so it's, just, it's not a board book, but it's essentially still in the flavor genre of board books. Although you've done the paintings, they're very good. It's a hardcover. What do you call those? Like if I were like, oh, that's the board book, you'd say, no, Jake, that's... No, Jake, you dummy. That's a picture book. That's a picture book. So Maybe it's just Caleb a picture book. Maybe Caleb edit that one out. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a picture book. You know, I I'm, bet Caleb leaves it. I bet he doesn't take probably. that out. Probably. It's okay. Um, Okay, so picture book, and are you enjoying that more or less, or does it make any difference to you in terms of no, being it's an fun. illustrator? No, it's fun to have, I mean, it's, picture book means bigger size, so you can, right. you know, your paintings can really sing. Pop. With a board book, it's, I don't know, eight, no, the book now is like eight and a half, eight and a half inches. Board book was like five by five inches. Right. And my paintings just <laughs> could not be held back by that aspect ratio, hence right. the larger size. So, well, sort of. We might as well, that might as well be the reason. Of course. Yeah. So book's great. It's fun. It's, uh, you know, Wesley, the main, the main character is not so sure about this new neighbor girl, but by the end, he's pretty sure. He's pretty sure. And they're best friends. 
And this can be, this is out and about, obviously, anywhere books are sold. But are there any advantages to getting them at Canon? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's, that's the answer you're looking for. Yes. I have no idea. Jake, you well, tell me. What are the advantages? So anytime oh, you buy Hello Ninja. I will sign one. Yeah. From CanonPress.com. Nate will sign one. Nate and Forrest will both sign it. And I will scribble. Let me rephrase that. I will draw very carefully yeah, a no ninja scribbling. in your book. No scribbling. I'm a professional. Right. Okay. So there you have it. So the brand new book, you can get that. It, it, it's sort of, it's, I think it's got to be the go-to gift of any new moms, any new parents. That's the book. Grandparents. Grandparents. Aunts, um, uncles, cousins. Are, are you allowed to talk about, is there going to be another season on, on Netflix? Yeah, there's, Has that been yeah, there's one, well, there's one more in the hopper. I don't know exactly when it's coming out, but I know okay. it's coming out soon. In previous episodes, I think they were you going through the process of doing a ton. Like I remember back in the day when you were in the creative suite, Fridays, there always went up a sheet of paper with a ninja <laughs> sign on it or a phone call, like a bad drawing of a phone, a guy on the phone. That was a great drawing. What and are you about? <laughs> I don't make bad Do you still too. do those? Do you still do those meetings? No. That gig ended sometime in the last two years. <laughs> so a long time ago. <laughs> I have no ago. idea. Yeah. The last two years have been a bit of a blur. Okay. For myself. So during that time though, what, when you say that gig, what were you doing? I was, my official role was design consultant. And so I would, I would review designs coming out of Vancouver, Canada. Okay. For the uh, show. Once a week for the show. Character designs, props, backgrounds, color palettes, you name it. Cause everything has to be created for the show. Like how different is what you guys were doing? So when I say you guys Obviously, you said they're doing most of the work, you're consulting. Um, yes. But how different is it from like what Walt Disney did? It's exactly the same. The exact same? There's nothing- Only better. Only better. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's, it's the same general idea. Yeah. You have the script, and then you go from there to boards where you're visualizing the script. And then in the meantime, you're designing characters, props. If there's a jungle episode, you got to build a bunch of- you know, jungle props. Jungle props, such as trees, leaves. Well, mostly trees and leaves. We spent a lot of time vines. on trees and leaves and vines, things like that. Yeah. So then once you design it, then you hand it over to the modelers who will build three-dimensional sculptures of these designs on the computer. Then you'll hand that to the riggers who will build like armatures for these things. And then you hand them to the animators who will breathe life into your little digital sculpt. And which part of that process were you most involved in mostly design so i it was great because at any point of the process i could jump in and swing my elbows around if i wanted but most of the time it was design so i ended up doing some character design a background painting okay which yeah so it was mostly and by that you just design. mean like the setting like could yeah have been so mountains or it was mountains okay <laughs> <laughs> you got <Yeah>. it <laughs> right okay i painted some mountains yeah which was um, fun. Um, which part of that process did Walt wish he had? Is it the modeling, obviously? <laughs> Are we talking about like, the Disney company or Walt Disney himself? Well, both. Well, it's all, the Disney I mean, the process is the that same. That Walt was involved with. Like his time. Like you know, it, I'm asking like know. in terms of He's has dead, there been any, any movement? Well, is he? <laughs> um, <laughs> has there, what advances? <laughs> Don't get me started, Jim. <laughs> what advances have been made in animation? Since hand-drawn. Since the hand-drawn like world, like how how different is it? Lots, uh, yeah. So I assume is it for all for the better or all for the not? Yeah, or, it's all know? for the better. Okay, that's what I was looking for. I just yeah. didn't know, you know, 
would the nine old men wish they had had the computer modeling or do you think you know are they (laughs) (laughs) uh i don't know i mean they were they were kind of inventing the medium as they went yeah and what they came up with still is it's kind of the like their techniques or the still like the bible of animation you go back and the fundamentals that they came up with just with pencils and paper are still the same fundamentals that we use today it's just that the the medium the polish is different but all you know this it's like it's just a, a fancier the di- the polish is different yeah so you, it's not necessarily of, better it's just different different but, you know it's better in the, you can you can have light shining through somebody's nostril and that's cool but you know storytelling has always kind of been just storytelling no matter how nice your no matter how is. nice the nostrils are right i assume that during that time that, that that you were taking those meetings was that for all the stories up through season four yeah yeah okay. so that was the so, entire production so it. yeah we did four seasons and then handed them over to netflix and there they are there they are good times i pulled forrest kind of last second so if you don't have this date <laughs> don't blame him so if you have no idea what i'm talking about <laughs> this is why do you have a date on season four no okay i bet somebody does someone but yeah, like said, it's, not yeah it's probably okay. been a year since i've been on right production for that show so very well well other than our christian heritage series that released this year i feel like it's been a huge a huge win which yeah, doing great for those who don't know it's essentially us getting things that are in public domain classics uh from obviously our christian tradition hopefully giving them a better sort of uh, on the page easier to read you know you can go through the dover classics the dover thrift classics and they're always tiny tiny font margins are terrible it's already a difficult book and then they make it harder to read there so we wanted to kind of do our own take on the classics so we like i said hopefully it's more readable and then also we got forrest to agree to give us new <laughs> covers once a month on different uh diff- on different classics how, how has that been forrest fun not fun very fun the first option fun, fun. yeah no it's been great you know what what's we, been your favorite? So hmm. you started off with uh, we started off with Martin Luther's Bondage of the Will. Yeah, and you did a horse, a horse, and a cowboy, and a cowboy. So so how is that not fun? I mean, <laughs> so the first one's the very idea fun. was we needed a style that would sort of work with a very broad range of subject matter. How did you decide on that style? Uh, it looked cool. So I saw several <laughs> mock-ups and you had one that was a bit of a well, surl. Yeah. So the reason that actually the real reason I went with that style is I was deep into Ronald Searl at the time. Okay. For those of you who don't know, Ronald Searle, I think he's dead now. But, he is dead. I've checked. Okay. All right. British cartoonist who was a POW during World War II and spent some time in a Japanese prison camp. And while he was there, he made drawings of his fellow prisoners and of the Japanese guards and the jungle, things like that. And for like four years, I think. And he had, he had this stack of drawings that he had, you know, kept hidden from the, the guards for a while. And so anyways, there's this book called To the Kawaii and Back, I think. Yep. And it's um, his drawings from World War II with some writing. Fantastic book. Super, yeah. super interesting. Really good drawings. And uh, since then, he, you know, he was the guy that kind of, after he got back to England, he started doing cartooning and developed I mean, he was, he was the guy that the, like the Disney artists were looking at on like 101 Dalmatians, that kind of scratchy style that those early Disney movies are known yep. for. Everyone was trying to copy Ronald. Ronald. Yeah. 
but he had kind of this in those war drawings he had this kind of nice asian flair to his drawings that had this this nice economy of line it was very efficient jake's nodding so i I love it yeah i have to use these terms it's no it's great it's in the job description (laughs) it's great okay so but i have in mind what i thought was like really ronald searle was um and maybe we, we can post it with the image for tomorrow's post about this episode is uh where you have a cowboy on a horse and the horse's <laughs> face is just plowed into the into the ground. The, I would thought that was far more Ronald Searle than yes. where you've eventually ended up. Well, yeah, it's it's there's Ronald Searle who's being witty and yep. a little bit silly. And then there's Ronald Searle who's being very I don't know, scholarly and <laughs> austere. <laughs> um so yeah, the final drawings on the Christian Heritage series don't really look like Ronald Searle. But that was the inspiration. Yep. And I thought it was, a, it was a good way to kind of bring a fresh modern edge to these old writings that everyone needs to read, but wouldn't otherwise read unless there was a fun drawing of a horse and a cowboy on the cover. So it's been a great way for, to make sure that, that what you do for a living isn't too far away from what I do for a living. <laughs> so, uh, but one of my, if you had to pick one of those covers to hang up, make it giant and put in your own home. Which would you pick? <laughs> hmm. Oh, Chesterton, of course, with his hair on fire. <laughs> that one, cause, par- partly because that feels like the the least. I have like the least ownership of that. Yes. Drawing because I riffed on some the classic Chesterton yep. photo, and then was told to light his hair on fire. Yes. Um, a perfect creative Nate's idea direction. Yeah, and at the right time, as we just stared at Chesterton, wondering. Is this going to be the orthodoxy Is cover? It? Yeah, his hair was not on fire for quite a while. And we thought, we were sort of resigned to be to the fact that we were releasing this sort of run-of-the-mill Chesterton Which didn't cover, sit well which, with us. No, and then it didn't. creative direction came out of the clouds from Nate. Uh, yeah. And it's perfect. Yeah, it's And it's, it's orange. It's orange. He's, he's smiling ever so slightly and his head's on fire, <laughs> which is fantastic. And it's so that, that one I would put up because, again, it's like I don't have... It's not really... It's not, it wasn't really my idea, yeah. which means I can have some distance from it. I don't have to look at it and think, ugh. Right. What was I thinking? What was I doing? Which is the case for everything else I do. Are you privy <laughs> to which copy has done the best? Are you... Do you uh, know that news? Wasn't it you? Vindicii? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Vindicii has done the best. Too. Yeah. And that was... Uh, that's just American Revolution drummer, mm-hmm. I suppose, which is very yeah. fun. And worked out. worked out very well. It turns out that's that's the hottest thing of the year yeah which is that's probably because of the well, the, the content the blog post and the content the content but <laughs> it really um, has nothing to do with the cover let's be honest well i know none but of these books do but, but it's funny to talk about it on you know your side of it because it's not necessarily yeah it's I, related but my job the way i look at it is my job is to not ruin it yes i just have to make something that is good enough to go on a cover if it's better and exceeds expectations that's great yeah but don't ruin i just it. yeah don't ruin it for us come on man so tomorrow we will be announcing today, I suppose, that everybody's listening. The newest in the Christian Heritage series is John Calvin's Institutes of the Christian Religion. <laughs> this forest has been a tough go for both of us. I yeah, Well, you have, have to do it, but hey, I Jake, have not. Hey, Jake, have you I've, read John Calvin's Institutes of the Christian Religion? I have. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that yeah, news well, to you? <laughs> <laughs> Creative direction has been hard for the institutes, but I yeah. think our final product is is going to be really great. Well, so it's going to be different. It's going to be different. One thing we thought about the institutes is I always in I went to Bible college, and one thing I wished was that I could have 
the individual books. So it's made up of four books, and I thought that'd be sweet. Canon should do one with four books. Well, what's funny is once we saw how many, like, the word count on each of these, it's less like, how cool are we, and more like, <laughs> we had to. <laughs> they're just simply they're giant. Fat. They're They're very big. So anyway, those released today. You can find that at canonpress.com, and Forrest's drawings are atop of those as well. Yeah, good luck figuring out <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> how they relate. You know, yeah. Yeah. If, it, if every cover is a visual metaphor, these ones are, they stretch the imagination, at least. Which I think Calvin would have wanted. I think so too. Not that I've read <laughs> this book. Maybe Caleb could edit that part out too. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, so now that we've done that, the great lead up to the news that John Calvin's Institutes are now available. You just finished your degree, which I don't know that you, have you, how will you walk? When will you walk? Well, if they let me graduate. Yes. Which... Still I'm still skeptical, yeah. but uh, it would be in May of this okay. of 2021, okay. if the world's still, still here. Who knows? Which is also a big if. Yeah. I think you'll get your degree. I think there's a better shot of that. Could be a, a posthum posthumous. Yes. Um, Maybe I won't be here. <laughs> you did a Master of Fine Arts at New St. Andrews College. I did. I, I know that we probably talked about it in a previous episode, but now you've technically finished. The last assignment's been turned in. I have. Okay. It has. So yeah. that was, that's <laughs> breaking. Um, <laughs> Falling over the finish line. <laughs> How'd it go? It was great. It yeah. was the, one of the hardest things I've done in a long time. <laughs> okay. So MFAs for most people, like those are just, that's the writing degree you go get. Right. The famous one, which I'm going to mess up. I don't, Iowa, wherever Flannery went. I, I, I forget. Play. But uh, I think I thought NSA was the famous one. <laughs> that is, it is now. Um, yes. Well. So what, is an MFA, what do you do for, with an MFA? You write, that's, that's you write it. the best, all the best words. All the <laughs> So maybe a question would be, what about that MFA did you get that you couldn't have just self-taught? Yeah, so the reason I did it was the program itself was tailored to students who wanted to actually produce a novel. So there's a big difference between people who say, I want to write something and then people just have to do it. And I knew I, I knew I wanted to write something, but I knew I was also the kind of person that I was kind of, in, you know, I was illustrating, enjoying what I was doing, and it, I, it just wouldn't happen unless I paid somebody money to tell you what to do. Fail me if okay. I didn't actually write something. Right. So that's, and it was it was great. It was it's low residency, so three weeks out of a year for two years, so six classes total, and you just have class from when the sun rises to when it goes down for whatever a week and it's great the classes are amazing and then in the months in between classes you're meant to be writing and uh is there anything uh, that reading. they had to like really if you were like if you were eustace in your dragonish skin like what did what did <laughs> to just push the <laughs> metaphor all the way through what did aslan really have to like rip off of you <laughs> are you talking about my bad habits or yeah something? yeah is there anything yeah what, what hmm. what's something like that for you personally. Man, we think we talked about this before on one of my many appearances on this show, but But now that it's over, now maybe that it's over, I have a better perspective on the whole thing and that, that words are hard. hard. Not only because there are so many of them, which was last <laughs> my first take. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot <laughs> but also that. because there's just so many of them what that was really You can't take back what you have said. What when you say something, it's you've said it. It's for real. You've said it. Yeah. And when you say something that's in any way attempting to convey a truth deeper than two inches, it's 
a little bit, you know, it can be kind of nerve wracking because you're saying you're, what you're saying is this is what I think is good, true and beautiful. And then you put that out there and then everybody's like, and everyone's yeah. like, you idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the hard, the, the, the toughest thing for me was getting over my crippling perfectionism, which was really just cowardice, you know, Ooh. you know, what I'm talking about Jake. <laughs> 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 We've had these conversations yeah, before. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you just got to say it. It's at, so there's some point in this place in the Psalms where David says, I believe. And so I spoke, I believe. And so I spoke paraphrasing, but you can't, if you're a Christian and you've, if you believe anything the Bible says, you can't be silent. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That's not to say that you should just yeah. get on, you know, go jump on any podcast and say whatever just you say want. what comes to your head. Yeah. Okay. What did you finish with? So you said the goal is to get gather people who are serious about putting things into the market. Mm-hmm. What is Forest provided to the market? <laughs> well, nothing yet. <laughs> I have, I just turned in my, I'm going to call it my second graphic novel script. Yeah. Because I wrote a, I wrote the first one. Right. And, uh, this needs tons of work was the note at the end for the first one. And it did. But so then I, I kept the characters in the setting and some general plot points throughout 80% of it and started over. So yeah, it's, it's a graphic yeah, it's, novel. I think it needs another pass, but it's a fantasy, uh, it's, it's like a middle grade fantasy adventure novel set in the American West. That's as far as I'm going to go right now because it still needs. Who knows? It still needs what some. What the third novel that you wrote? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's closer. The the general, I mean, the the goal on my end was basically C.S. Lewis and Miyazaki. I think would have gotten along quite well in some ways. Yeah. Do you think Miyazaki knows that? No. Or thinks that? Well, I don't know. We, we've yeah. Um, there's a scene in Porco Rosso that seems to be lifted out of magician's nephew really i mean yeah maybe i think there's a it's it, there's this, a scene where uh the bad guy is i mean it's, there's just a whole there's a whole garden context yep. there's the the bad guy's got a or the you know the american he's got the snake on his plane okay he uh there's a scene where he comes to the garden on the little island and i can't remember the lady's name he's trying to he's trying to woo the beautiful bar owner lady have you seen porco rosa uh-uh. okay well <laughs> no it's fine but uh, this is good uh, and he there's a shot where he there's a gate into the garden he just decides to forgo the gate on purpose climbs yes. over the wall you've got these you know which is what happens at the end of magician's nephew and then he comes in there and, and makes you know his speech shoots his shot with the lady and falls flat on his face it's great <laughs> but uh just the whole serpent yep garden motif unless that's that can be found in, I don't know, Japanese folklore as well. It seemed pretty Well, Western. we, I think you sent it to me. Someone had compiled a list of Miyazaki's favorite kids books. Yeah, and Lewis was not on there. It wasn't? I thought Narnia, was I think Narnia was. Maybe not. It wasn't. Because I remember looking through that list, trying to prove my theory correct. and Oh, failed. Failed. And then I almost <laughs> lied. Yeah. Um, well, I could be wrong. We both could be wrong. Somebody go fact Who's to us. say what is true? I don't true? know. We need a fact checker. Um, Caleb, uh, <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah, that seems to check out, especially the idea of foregoing the gate. Foregoing the gate. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. They just seem like their imaginations would, if, if Miyazaki were to become a Christian, let's say, their yeah. ima- imaginations would click. Just sensibility with pacing, affection for their characters, and then just kind of the offbeat take on the world which just which seems 
closer to the truth than a lot of people get. And that's where like that, you know, like me, everyone thinks Miyazaki and Lewis were just so original. And the reason right. they were so original is because I think is because they were trying to shoot for good, true and beautiful. And Lewis got a lot closer, obviously. But Miyazaki gets there in a lot of ways as well. I would imagine if he slogged through The Lord of the Rings, there's a very good chance he did the same for with Narnia. One hopes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it feels like Narnia is way more in his scope. In his wheelhouse. Yeah. What he was trying to do. Yeah. Anyways, all that to say, I wanted Lewis and Miyazaki to talk. sensibilities set in the American West because Big that's goals. where I'm from. Big goals. The landscape is awesome. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm an artist. I wanted to draw that. And I wanted... So you essentially wrote a screenplay for your final. Yeah, yeah. It's that a screenplay will eventually that, be made into a graphic novel. Yes. Okay. That's how, that's, the, that's how the sausage is made as far as graphic novels go? At least this one. <laughs> okay. I know that there's, a, there's an actual way to write a graphic novel script, but it's very detailed. You know, you have to describe what's on each panel. Panel one, you know, this happens. Panel two, we see this. Versus a screenplay, which is a lot, which is, there's a, because a screenplay is a, is a, a like a guild operation. A screenplay leaves a lot of room for interpretation on the back end. So you can have, you know, the set designer, the the DP, the actors there, you know, when you write a screenplay, you know, there's going to be a ton of people riffing on what you have written down versus a graphic novel, you're it. So you can, you have with a graphic novel script, the idea is for you to be as specific as possible, just so that the publisher knows where you're going. But because I've never done this before, I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to leave yeah. the back end open so that I could keep honing and you knew you were doing drafts so i mean it wasn't like yeah that was not your final to a publisher yeah and like you know guys like doug snaple i think right yes i was gonna say one of the last movie script form yep one of the last um campaigns i got a an original sheet oh nice you did Um, did you show it to me i don't remember but it's got coffee stains and it's very cool fancy and very much like exactly what you're doing so Exactly. <laughs> if, if it's good enough for 10 April, then, you know, it's good enough for Forrest Dickinson. That's right. Um, we'll see. I'm excited. It's been fun, which was a sh- surprise to me. The fact that I'm still enjoying this thing that I've been working on for the past year and a half. That's good. Was a surprise to me, but uh, hopefully it means it's good, you know. We'll so, see. part of what I do with acquisitions at Canon is I'll get submissions to publish. Like you were saying, you will one oh, day yeah. put that together in order to send in. And I was speaking with another editor at Canon about submissions and one of the hardest, so generally publishers are only going to look at maybe your first chapter and then maybe even depending on like how many acquisitions they're looking at a day, it could be first page. Right. You know, so. First sentence. First sentence even. (laughs) Uh, First sentences are often talk of conversation in, in the creative suite. And essentially I find lack of focus in lines or in sentences or in prose is a huge issue has that been the case for you oh yeah what is what is that like what is why is that a thing it's a thing because nobody actually knows what they want to say what is it in one of lewis's books he says or is it oh it's till we have faces he says something about the the fox is something about the joy of words is saying Nothing more or less than what you actually meant. Something along <laughs> those lines. And that, so when I'm, it, it's just, I realize I sketch the same way I write, which is really loose. I'm, I take, you know, when I sketch, I'm, I'm not like pinning down something that's close to the final lines. The first, okay. like you watch guys like even like Miyazaki or Milt Call is pretty 
he's an old Disney guy, was I think known for this. Their sketches are really close to the final product. They're really good at visualizing in their head what they want and then just putting those lines down. And there's a little bit of tweaking that needs to be done, but not much versus guys like, well, I guess me <laughs> who can't, I mean, maybe it's just not, I know what I, I'm visualizing kind of what I want, but I'm maybe less patient. So I'll just scribble like 50 lines for this head, for this expression. And then I'll come back and pick the line that I want out of all those 50 lines. And it was the same with writing. I would, I would just stream of consciousness, but you know, just barf, all, barf over. It all over the page and then come back and throw it all away or try and find like the thing, the through thread that I was trying to, that line that I wanted in my head and then clean it up and put that on the page. And it's especially hard if you don't even know what you want, <laughs> right. which was kind of the, me for the first entire draft of my novels. I didn't really know what I was doing or where I was going. Is this the case even when you're out, you're staring at this mountain, you've got your little thing? <laughs> What's it called? My little thing. Well, you've got it's your a, little it's, uh, you know, easel. You know, your little easel though, not the big easel. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. My you're out in plein air sketching equipment, whatever. Is it the same there too? Like you're not well. No, the more once I realized this about myself that I was impatient and lazy because I think that's kind of what it is. It's just like you're not. All the hard work should be done in your head. Okay. And then actually putting the paint on the canvas or the words on the page is the physical effort of doing that is not, it's strenuous. So when I go out to paint now, I'm, I'm trying to paint the entire thing in my head before I even pick up the brush. Wow. So, and it's, that's, which is why it's helpful to paint small too. So I'm not wasting time, you know, kind of scribbling all over the canvas, right. trying to figure out what I'm doing. I'm trying to visualize and then execute versus execute, you know, on the fly. And so it works sometimes, sometimes it doesn't, but. So let's say you became the acquisitions editor for fiction tomorrow <laughs> and I got to forward all these on to you. Um, what would you tell? So like you get a script and it's, it, the clarity is very little and unfocused, et cetera. Like mm -hmm. what, what, what is your, is your first thing just to say? build some discipline into this or like, what would you, well, what depends. would you want to tell somebody? Yeah. So there's, there's a couple of things that either it needs to be, yeah, there's, there's people who can write, who have great imaginations, but their technique is sloppy and you just need a, you know, that's just basically English grammar, things like that. And that okay. can be learned, you know, but then there's like we were talking about earlier, words are an expression of your own sort of take on truth, goodness, and beauty. Yes. Which means you have to be good a real that. person. <laughs> you have to know what true, good, and beautiful looks like. And you know, have to, and then you have to be able to, you know, translate that into words or pictures. I think there's, there's a, and uh, so, <laughs> some, 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 <laughs> in some cases, there just needs to be a complete author overhaul because, you know, whether it's, it's just your taste is so off that you, you can't, if you have poor taste, you can't create something that's good. Dev which is devastating which, news. Devastating news to, yes. Yes. To us all. <laughs> to us all. Yeah. So this is, this is why you can't, you know, just recreate Lewis by figuring out, oh, what was Lewis doing? And like, how did he write? Right. Because Lewis was Lewis. Like, that's just who he was. Like what he was writing was just came out from like his, the leaf mold of his imagination. So what is, what is, your, right. what does your own leaf mold look like? And if it's skimpy, but it's, you know, if there's some good material there, but it's skimpy, then just start reading. Start looking at good stuff and let it all just marinate for a while and then it'll come out eventually. 
how much of the MFA would you say, so this writing degree, how much of it was reading? A lot. Yeah. For this very reason, do you think, in terms of being familiar with... Yeah, because in order to write good, you got to read good. In <laughs> <laughs> order to write good, got to read good. So yeah, if you like... There's this documentary, I don't know if you've seen it, called Jiro Dreams of Sushi. This, that was big. Yeah, it was big. That, back in 2011 or something. I don't know. Yeah. Ren and this, watched it all the time. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Ren's a great cook. So, yeah. chef. Which, yes. Whatever it is. Culinary right. artiste. That guy was Jiro. He would only eat, I think it was only eat his own sushi because it was the best sushi. Or he would only eat like really, really high-end foodstuffs. Okay. He could, he wouldn't eat bad food only because he, he needed to, in order to be the best, he had to know what the best was. So yep. the same with art or reading or writing in order to be able to compete with the best or to create, you know, to put out the best that you are able to put out. You have to know what it tastes like. Yeah. I, I think too there, what I, I've not done the MFA. I was just watching from afar. Um, <laughs> reading broadly seems to be a great idea in the sense of, so maybe this is going against the Jiro comment, yeah, yeah. but like one thing that I think is especially great about Lewis is someone who is obsessed with Dante mm-hmm. and Spencer and all of these people that are very kind of difficult to read now, um, Chaucer and the rest. Like when he, he loved it and he loved like different things about them. And then when he set to write, he wrote the Ransom Trilogy. Right. Which is not, there's not very many one-to-ones at all with those. Or, you know, so it's, it is, it is, uh, interesting, like how his passions, the things he loved. And then when he tried to do them, they don't look the exact same by any means. Right. No, it's all, it's all like coming through the Lewis filter. So it's yes. like, it's like, you know, what are those, when you have like a big bag of cake frosting, there's right. just like a little nozzle at the yes. end. <laughs> yeah. With the shape. <laughs> with the shape. And then, so like, you know, that's yes. where all the, all of us artists are little nozzles. Right decorating something and whatever's in the bag is what's going to come out it's just going to be shaped like shaped like and you know (laughs) so if someone like loved the twilight series and it was just like now i'm going to do a christian yeah narnia it's going to be tough for you to (laughs) to make that happen because it's it's it would be not only tough it'd be impossible yeah and not that twilight's just like just trash all the way through it was an easy i went for the yeah but you know there's not to say that you can't enjoy a good corn dog at the county fair do you think Giro needs to enjoy a yeah corn well, dog at the he county didn't fair? seem he didn't seem particularly happy or okay that's kind of i important. don't know the, the doc was this is a guy who's on the extreme end of yeah his art uh, which yeah. was interesting to see and there's there's a lot of you know there's a lot of th- takeaways from somebody who's just completely given themselves to raw fish and sweet seaweed you know, that's an interesting little nozzle. <laughs> <laughs> totally taken with raw fish and seaweed. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, Forrest, thanks so much for hanging out. Another episode yeah. of Cannon Calls in the bank. Everyone go get Hello Ninja and Hello Ninja, Hello Georgie. So two books. You can get that's those right. at Cannon Press. Forrest will draw a ninja in there. He'll also scribble his name. Yeah. Also from this episode, Christian Heritage Series. Christmas is coming up. Gift a Chesterton fan the orthodoxy copy that they deserve, which is a picture of Chesterton with his hair on fire. And if they already have it, throw it away. They don't have, this is, this is almost, we could say the Chesterton certified. The definitive. This is the one Chesterton would have wanted you to have. Um, <laughs> can we, can we blurb Chesterton on the back? I like of his this own cover book? the best. That's yeah. what he'd say. 
We should do it. And then Forrest, I wanted to get a recommendation from folks. So I didn't do it after we talked about it, but you were watching me as I, I think I saw, were, were you watching Porco Rosso with your kids? The other night? No, uh, that was Castle in the Sky. Okay. You were doing that. I saw your wife post, post a video. <laughs> it was very great. It amuses her that, that I'm in is into these <laughs> children's <laughs> films or films. So Miyazaki is obviously a different flavor for a lot of American viewers. Do you have a yeah. go-to for them? What would you recommend? Well, I'd probably have to say Totoro. 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 Start with Totoro. Start with Totoro. Which, Totoro, uh, there's a great Easter egg in Toy Story. Yeah. Where Totoro is in, you know. In a, the first one? Not in the first. I think maybe by the two? top three, I think. Or three. I think three, there's a stuffed animal anyway. There's a stuffed Totoro in there. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, to be, you know, to back Forrest's recommendation, Toy Story also wants you to see it. Which, <laughs> actually, th the third one was, I think it was good. can't remember as much. The fourth one was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah, Story I didn't 4. watch it. Yeah. I didn't watch it. Wow. It was um, bad. <laughs> so bad. And then last thing I wanted to get your recommendation on is for Christmas coming up, if parents were to get their kids a comic book, a book of comics, <laughs> what would you recommend? Man, I grew up reading Tintin. Okay. And- the stories aren't, there's not much of an arc. I wouldn't say Tintin <laughs> learns much on his path through the, you know, the dens of heroin smugglers. And, uh, right. But uh, man, the drawings are so fun and it's just good old fashioned adventure stories. Yeah. Tintin's great. Just throw Tintin throw into Tintin the leaf mold <laughs> of your child's mind. Yes. How it cashes out later in life, it's in the Lord's hands. <laughs> That's right. Um, and uh, so Tintin, I knew you'd probably say, what about, would you recommend Pogo? Oh yeah, Pogo's great. Pogo is awesome. Pogo's awesome. Walt Kelly, Pogo. The yeah. Fantastic art, funny jokes, not woke. Yeah, which is important. Which is important these days because there's the comics industry is pretty woke. We could put the not woke on all of our recommendations today. Yeah. The not woke stamp. Yeah. Do you think Miyazaki's woke? No. No. No, I no, definitely not. No. But he you know, he's there's you gotta be careful with Miyazaki for other reasons, but yeah. Not the trendy reasons. Not the trendy reasons. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Forrest. Yeah. Okay. You're welcome, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>